hosts Jacob and Michael. Alright everybody, this is it. This is the final episode of Back in Tunes. Six years worth of, uh, woo, yeah. Uh, Jacob, thank you. Thank you for all the, the years you've given me of wonderful marriage, podcast marriage. <laughs> oh God, Michael, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Why are we I ending the show? I would do it all again, I would. Yeah, why are we ending the show, you're probably asking. Well, it's time for a new adventure. I... Think, yeah. I think we've covered... Well, I, I don't know. Okay, so look, I had too many podcasts going. I'm getting older now. I don't have a lot of time on my hands. Uh, and we're going to turn this and our other podcasts into one show and call it Hit Rewind. We launched our first two pilots recently. And uh, so everything's going to move over to Hit Rewind in March. We're going to launch a whole new page, a whole new uh, RSS feed for the podcast. Uh, Retro Rock Entertainment is going to go away. It's just going to be, you know, I'm going to utilize that for some of the shows that are still left over, like Next Planet Over and stuff like that. Video Night will still be there. Video Night's on hiatus right now, but basically that's what's going to happen. Comics and Infinite Herbs, Back in Tunes. And I just, it's an amalgamation of a lot of our shows, and we're going to start off in 1980. So the plan is, and me and Jacob kind of bounced ideas around for a while, and, uh,. One episode will be we'll be talking about like the movies in 1980 that we enjoyed, and then video games, comic books, cartoons, and you know those are going to be mini seasons. So probably four or five episodes for every year. So you know discussing 80, then move on to 81, 82, so on. Um, I, I hope that's the format you guys like. It gives us a chance to discuss everything because it was Jacob honestly bouncing my head around. Well, what does this idea go with? Like discussing a certain thing that could be comics and infinite because it's about a superhero but it's also an animated series or what about movies well this falls under this and this and this and it's just it's just too hard so it's literally going to be video nights all about movies and stuff like that that are kind of underground uh not the mainstream stuff all the mainstream movies and comics like i said cartoons stuff like that is going to be music uh video games is going to be over at hit rewind yes and honestly it was a well concept because every time we did discuss a certain subject we would always kind of go a little bit off the tangent. We would discuss the subject, but in another uh, form of media. Yeah. And it ended up just kind of exploding and growing and growing. And well, then we're like, crap, yeah, backtrack. And we, te- yeah, we tend to have uh, uh, segues and, and, and uh, bouncing around on topics. And I just kept going, well, we're here for this. we got to stick to this. It's, it was really restrictive. Trying to get uh, some sketches back in the show and then have some friends that can add their own music and the comedy bits because I have a couple of friends who have uh, comedy albums and just adding that stuff in. It's basically going to be like a variety show. Uh, if you want to compare it to anything, I would probably say it's like Laser Time, if anybody's ever listened to that podcast, where every episode they pick a different subject in pop culture to discuss. Sometimes we'll do our format, you know, we'll, we'll, and, and all of them have bonus material. We'll bring out some of our old stuff and I'll clean it up, fix the sound trim down the the amount of ums and uh and dead air and add those on as bonus features at the end so the shows are going to be longer too so it's gonna be like an hour and a half to two hours every episode oh wow yeah i'll restart i'll restart a patreon because i do need some you know cover some of the cost of transferring this over we're moving from lips into podbean because lips can can suck my brown eye 
uh, they've been really fucking things up lately. Like literally, I look at Facebook and I see, oh, it has this many engagements and downloads, and I go over Libsyn and it doesn't show even like a quarter of that. And they're just fucking me out of the a possibility of getting commercial sponsorship, is what it seems. Like, are we talking deliverance kind of fucking? You know, school well, like a piggy. Well, yeah, I'm taking it in the dark place. That's for sure. Um, Ew. Yeah, that's they're screwing me like for evil sure. Evil Dead. Yeah. Evil uh, Dead. You got raped by sticks. Don't no, Jacob. No, stop. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Uh, Bad imagery. Okay, back to the... All right, so our final episode. uh, We had... I kind of held off from putting out any episodes for a couple months because I want to do it all in big one run. One big... I can't talk. One big run. So we just debuted the Yogi Bear episode, which we did like two months ago, I feel like. Um, Mm. There is... uh, We did the Ralph Bakshi episode. Then we did an episode... Well, you and I didn't do an episode. Mindy did an episode with me where we talked about a show called... ABC Story Break, or no, I'm sorry, ABC Weekend Special. Uh, there was another one called CBS Story Break that's f- similar, where they took oh, popular wow. kids' books around the time, probably the most famous being Benicula and Runaway Ralph, and they turned them oh, into wow. weekend animated specials for the most part. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So, what are we, gonna, what are we doing, Jacob, for our final episode? Well, today we're going to be discussing... Well, we are going to be discussing... Uh, couple marvel ones one i found to be a little bit obscure but one i remember from my childhood i had vhs tips that we were going to discuss spider woman the thing uh plastic man happens to be dc and also last but not least underdog and we, and we were both very surprised we had never discussed underdog that actually shocked me i know i was like wait what the hell we never discussed underdog we discussed tex avery we discussed uh, Secret Squirrel. We discussed yeah everything from that era. I all mean, those terror tunes. Well, I thought we did it when we did the Jay Ward special. We discussed like Rocky and Bullwinkle, and then I realized, oh wait, I'm dumb. Jay Ward never did Underdog. They just always aired it. At least for me, they always aired it with Rocky and Bullwinkle. And yeah, it was a syndication. So I assumed that we had done it. And I looked through. I was like, no shit, we got to do this because one of the things I wanted to do before we moved over to the new show is. We're done discussing anything before 1980. That's why the format's going to work really well is because we're going to look through the list of stuff from 1980, um, you know, cartoons, and uh, go through those. And mind you, we have done a ton of stuff in the 80s, so I would say for the first, you know, 1980 through 89, there's probably not going to be a huge amount of animation we didn't cover already, but it's when we hit the 90s is where it's really going to blow up because we've only discussed maybe 10% of the 90s cartoons. Oh, my God, only 10%. Maybe more. I don't know. But I know for a fact that we didn't really dig in the way we did on the 80s. But definitely not the way. Because you look at the catalog of the animation that was available, 60s and 70s, there really was a small amount of stuff. And we kind of rushed through a lot of it because, frankly, maybe a quarter of those are worth really discussing, like digging into. So uh, we might as well just start. This is it. This is our final episode. Um, thank you, everybody, for supporting us through all these years. Uh I know listenership has gone down, but I'm not sure if that's Lipson's fault or what's going on because we still have as many followers as we ever have, more subscribers than we ever had, and uh, people still talk to me about it. So I, I don't understand what's going on. Um, so maybe moving over to Podbean and under Hit Rewind is going to help things. Yes, it is all very peculiar, comrade. <laughs> uh, peculiar. So, <laughs> Underdog is one that I experienced. I, I remember it started off in the afternoons on Happy's Place before they really had money to get, like, all the, the new stuff. You know, before they started... Well, okay, what changed? I believe it was in 82 is when Ronald Reagan signed the deal where you could have TV shows that were basically half-hour commercials. 
And um, but they always had to have a message at the end uh, to have some sort of social value. But before that, these independent stations had <laughs> no syndicated TV shows, basically. I mean, it was so rare. And the ones that right. were made, like Underdog and, and, and Tennessee Tuxedo and stuff like that, they aired over and over and over for decades. And again, and again, <laughs> and again. <laughs> <laughs> boom, yeah, no, boom, uh, boom, 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 boom. What? Okay, I know for a fact that isn't a fucking rap song. Do, do, do. No, that so, can't be. I'm going to have to look it up because I know somebody used that theme song in a... In a uh, I'm going to look it up right now, damn it. Because that bugs yeah. me. The underdog. Now, of thing, course. Go ahead. Uh, wasn't this like... Uh, produced under General Mills, like the breakfast cereal? Yeah, back then they had to do a lot Oh, god damn it. That's not right. Um, they had to do a lot of those for syndication in order to get the show. Well, they had to do that for a lot of stuff. Colgate Presents was like, you know, certain things they would put on variety shows. So right. it, it would be like the main. Remember, God, the last time I saw it, this is super obscure, guys. But Dana Carvey had a sketch show in 1986 where it was brought to you by Mug Root Beer. And I thought that was crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No wonder why Mug had a name for a while. I mean, it's still around. Is it? I enjoy it. I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, I still see it in the store sometimes. But I'm always a cokehead. I mean, coke man. <laughs> okay, there's no way this is right, but I'm... <laughs> Kyle Mass... No, I guess... I know, I'm going to ask this on... Uh, if anybody knows who used a sample of Underdog in a rap song, because I'm finding all these things, it's, it's not right. I'm not going to play Kanye West to find it. Um, it's a lie. <laughs> Um, I used to I used to watch this all the time. I used to be able to do all of the uh, the voices too. Um, I'll get that underdog if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but it definitely seemed like in the animation style of Rocky and Boy, uh, Jim. It does. It's very similar. That's why I got confused. Yeah, no, uh, but yeah, I remember watching it uh, quite frequently in syndication uh, before Boomerang course like i see little snippets and clips and of course my parents are familiar with it we had like little uh little plastic toys of underdog too yeah then of course it would show up on boomerang every once in a while um and to me yeah it was like a little dog version of superman heck even showed up uh in a wait i think it was an american express commercial whereas like superman already did and uh, seinfeld did help Oh. But then Underdog comes in at the last minute. She's like, I'm all good. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. And by the way, there's there's a reason why this looks like a lot of those cartoons you just mentioned. Joe Harris, the guy who created and designed Underdog, also created Tennessee Tuxedo, which is from the whole world of uh, Jay Ward. Oh, wow. Oh, That's why. Okay. That's why they look similar. That, that does ex- – oh, that would explain it. Yeah, they do have a similar art style. But, yeah, um, for me, yeah, I know. Like I said, it was just the – Adorable. It was funny. It was cute. Um, I, I always dreamed him teaming up with Mighty Mouse. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean, that. Is a, what? Um, and yes, it is. It's a play on a lot of what's uh, going on with Superman, and especially the alliteration that was huge in comics for some reason. Peter Parker, Clark Kent, um, or or double names, Bruce Wayne. You know, uh, you know, having a first and last name that are both first names. Um, Polly Purebred. I was just thinking that. Uh, or did I just say that? I think. Um, 
Uh, so I got tired for a second there. Uh, Riff Raff. Um, I used to be able to do that too. Um, the underdog. My name is Riff Raff. I'm going to take him down. <laughs> That's about Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was that gangster type one, wasn't he? Yeah, he's the one that looked a little bit like Tombstone from the Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> he did. Oh, gosh, yeah. Almost like... A little bit, almost like Boris, but with like a more square jaw and like wavy hair and like a, almost like Gomez Adams kind of type. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And uh, there is a band out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I grew up called Simon Bar Sinister, which is named after the main villain, which I I thought was really interesting. (laughs) What are the chances that they didn't sue to keep that name out of a, maybe maybe it helped people go, hey, what's Simon Bar Sinister? I know that. What's that from? Oh, it's from Underdog. Man, you know what I haven't seen in forever? Underdog. Let's go watch Underdog. So they may have just let that slide. I know. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, shoot, just like in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I mean, they called their name, uh, or no, one of the songs that they sing at the beginning of the movie, it's like, this is going to be called Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another one in, in that movie where it's uh, Clash at Demon Head, which is a video game. Oh, right. Oh, wow, it is. Yeah, it's kind of obscure, but... Um, uh, back to Underdog, though. Uh, Underdog was one of the longest-running TV shows of all time. I mean, there's hardly any animated series that go as long as this. 124 episodes over, I think it was like an eight-year period of time, which is unheard of back then, especially for one that wasn't in syndication. Uh, nine years. It was on for nine years. Oh, wow, yeah. No, damn, nine years for that kind of cartoon? Nine years! That's amazing! I deserve... I almost went into... I almost went into another voice there. I almost went into Yogi Bear! <laughs> Oh my god, you almost went, you went a little bit off the rails there, kid. Oh, <laughs> no respect. You're stealing from the master. No, no respect at all. Did you ever see you know the uh, live action version of this? Jason Lee's underdog. Oh, oh, Jason Lee's. No, I never did, but when I saw the trailer, I'm like, holy crap, underdog's making a comeback. It, no, uh, barely. Was <laughs> it bad? Eh, it's okay. It's just one of these things where it didn't do very well in the theaters, and. Everybody just kept wondering why they did. It's just a dog, and they put a digital lips on him, or whatever, and had Jason Lee voice him. And I'm like, why not just make the whole thing CGI? Like, and and why Jim Belushi? I don't understand. Just because he was in Canine doesn't mean he's a good with he's good with a dog. Exactly. Oh, we but it, it didn't cost that. anything. Okay, so it was a hit. I'm sorry. It cost 25 million dollars. It was from Disney. And it, you know what? It's probably wow. on their app right now. I'm going to watch it tonight because I want to remember if this is any good or not. It made <laughs> uh, $65 million. So that's not bad. That made its money back. Oh, yeah. No, it profited a little bit. 14% still. on oh. Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yikes. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There I but, say. Uh, you know what else is on? Uh, the next cartoon is also um, on their app as well, which is... Where I just uh, rewatched it was uh, Spider Woman. Yeah, Spider Woman, and uh, um, I, I, you know what's funny is I didn't realize that she was really popular in the seventies. I mean, I completely missed who she was. Uh, it's like I think she fell out of popularity around eighty one or eighty two, and I didn't start reading comics until just about that time. And um, I think what happened was. It was only on for a season, and then they decided that it would be better if they focused their their time and money on Spider-Man and brought him back after a decade away. And that's where all the resources went. Because I don't believe... I'm going to look it up right now, but I'm pretty sure Spider-Man or Spider-Woman was only on for a season. But for the time, it's pretty entertaining. 
Definitely, yeah. No, I remember having it on VHS when I was a little kid, and it was pretty awesome because, you know, she was related to Spider-Man. Well, we, I thought she was at first. Heck, even shows up in the first episode. When yeah, take on I, those, he like, shows up, uh, I think, a couple episodes, episodes, actually. Yeah. Um, but it was, good, I guess, kind of a good way for it to segue for the, like, you know, to generate a, a, a young male audience. Yeah. And it worked. So I thought she was awesome. She didn't exactly have his powers, and, you know... She didn't shoot out webs. She shot out little venom blasts that could fly. So. Right, and, and she's not connected to him at all. I mean, there's so many, especially now. No. There's so many Spider-Man iterations and spinoffs that people forget. Spider-Woman is not connected at all. Jessica Drew, um, they explained in the cartoon, was bit by a spider and they gave this special to- uh, 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 tonic or whatever to try to heal her, and it ends up giving her uh, special powers. So it's completely different than exactly. the way of Spider-Man. Yeah, it's not from him. It's not like the way it was with Hulk. Where he had to give a blood transfusion to She-Hawk, and that's how she got her powers. Exactly. I mean, them being well, and that they were actually related; they were cousins. Yeah. Um, Depat- uh, right. Yeah, that too. Um, now we discussed before DePatty Freeling, and I held off on discussing this cartoon during that one because this is a weird one. It started off with DePatty Freeling, but Marvel Animation uh-huh. decided to buy that studio and then created Marvel Entertainment, and. Uh, so it's it's kind of both. It was both coming, so I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't want to do it in the Marvel episode and I didn't want to do it in the uh, to Patty Freeling. So I think this is a perfect place because this is where Marvel said, hey, instead of licensing our characters out, why aren't we buying an animation company and doing everything ourselves? And for like the next decade, tons of interactions. Like, I mean, they basically created the whole G.I. Joe world and the Transformers world or whatever. Um, because they were given the comic book rights and like let's flesh this out they did that over and over and over but Spider-Woman was already there so they didn't have to do a whole lot of extra work right oh wow no that is pretty interesting I also like her origin uh, as it developed later on how she ended up being like a Hydra agent and was assigned to kill Nick Fury I'm sorry I was reading what'd you say again I'm sorry (laughs) Oh no! I said there was one iteration. I think later on down the years, where she was actually a Hydra agent, and she was. Oh um, yeah, that I I, I, I apologize. Theory. I caught something that flipped my lid for a second. I'll tell you about it in a second. But um, okay. Uh yeah it, okay so it's, I remember Spider Woman disappeared for a long time. I'm trying to remember um, the Jessica Drew version that we all know and love from the 70s and now was gone for a long time. And I think it was kind of the way it was with Carol Danvers, where they decided to move on to different Spider Women. And different Marvel or Captain Marvel, and they mm. both lost their powers. I think they're both somehow related to each other. Like Jessica Drew had some sort of psychosomatic break, and then she could no longer use her powers. Like she she could, but mentally she couldn't muster it. Like the way Meatloaf lost his voice in the '80s and he couldn't sing anymore. It was just all psychosomatic. And someone else took over as Spider Woman, and I know that she was in the West Coast Avengers for a long time. But when they relaunched New Avengers. Yes. Because, you know, we we knew the one with the white costume for a really long time. Yeah, the black and white costume. The right. More similar to Venom. And then when Brian and, Michael Bendis brought the new Avengers out is when he restarted her whole world. Gave her the classic costume. And, yeah, there was somewhere in there, there was a storyline where uh, she was a Hydra agent. But then she was like a double agent or triple agent? I can't remember. Or she was hypnotized? I have the book somewhere around there. I should read that. It was a really good run. Right, yeah. I'm just trying to remember. God, what was the other one's name? But, um... Yeah, oh, no, I can series... look up here. Yeah. 
this series definitely did feel like an older Marvel animation uh, cartoon. Definitely a product of its time, especially with um, what her photographer uh, boyfriend or just coworker who always said like, you know, I told you a woman wasn't ready for this job, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure in her mind she's like, if you say that one more time, yeah, I'm gonna I'll zap you. Um, so yeah, yeah Spider Woman was fairly popular. It lasted 50 issues. Um, then, like I said, disappeared in the 80s and it was replaced by Julia Carpenter. That's the one that we know with the white costume. Ah, yes, of course. And then I she became Arachne, I believe. Oh, cool. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, so this cartoon, yeah, you can see, um, it still looks like the, the Patty Freeling. It doesn't look like the Marvel style that they would patent in, like, in the next couple of years. Um, right. But it's still fairly entertaining. I think one thing that hurts a lot of these cartoons, when it's not... When, when it's real deep cuts kind of characters, they don't have a huge catalog of villains you know. And Spider-Woman wasn't that established yet. I think her comic had only been around for a year or two. And so therefore, the only villains I recognized were the ones that were from Spider-Man's world, like Kingpin and stuff like that. And I got that problem now. I'm reading Darkhawk. I don't know if you remember the, the comic book Darkhawk. But I don't get interested until I see a villain I already know, and he's taking on Hobgoblin. I'm like, hell yeah. And then they show these other guys. I'm like, I don't give a shit about these guys. <laughs> Savage Steel, who the fuck's that? <laughs> right. Oh, dang. Yeah, no, Darkhawk, I do remember. I did believe you sent me a few issues. Yeah. And, yeah, again, uh, heck, even in the series, uh, the second episode, they actually brought in a villain from uh, Doctor Strange, which was Dormammu. So I'm like, oh, crap. This is getting serious. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised, but it does. It's just a little difficult. But you, you know, you said you found Spider Woman on a video cassette, and I feel like yes. you. I'm gonna guess. <clears throat> did you find it at a KB Toys? I don't know. No, because that's where you would I always find. You would always find in their bargain bin the five dollar VHS tapes. Was uh, you would always find Spider Woman collection, and then you would always find um, a Spider Man collection. And there was also the Pride of the X-Men, which was the pilot for the X-Men show that did not go. Damn. Yeah, uh, Marvel just decided to put some of that stuff out on VHS, and uh, that's usually where you found them. I'm curious if that's where you did, but you can't remember. KB Toys. Anybody remember those? The only place you can yeah. walk in in 1995 and still find toys for Howard the Duck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man, I found toys for everybody. Oh, Jesus. God, I always went to the clearance corner. The clearance corners where you always found stuff for, like, Willow. You know, you're like, oh, it's 1992. Oh, or or Waterworld toys, just as they were closing around the (laughs) mid-2000s. Not to show the universe! And Mortal Kombat. Yeah, always finding that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah, Spider-Woman is on the Disney app in full, cleaned up. It looks great. Um, What is our next cartoon? I forgot. Uh... The Thing. Oh, God. The Thing has its own spin-off series. I never even knew about this. Oh, God, this is a fucking mess. Okay, so I'm confused. This is the curse of a lot of these cartoons. Because they have some sort of duet machina where they have to uh, have a pill or a ring or something special that turns them into it instead of just being it. You know, it's the Popeye curse. You have to have something Mm -hmm. in a saying, which is like Shazam. So The Thing, I don't fucking understand this one at all. Okay, so... Let me gather this. There was a Fantastic Four cartoon with the thing, correct? And the robot and not the human torch because they were afraid kids were going to set themselves on fire, I guess? We discussed this years ago. Yeah. Herbie. But it didn't... It wasn't as successful. And um, 
But everybody loved The Thing. This is when The Thing was red hot. I don't think people will remember. Fantastic Four was the number one comic in the world for years. And it was always, you know, up there with Spider-Man. And then it was just those two. And then, like, by 1980s, X-Men has taken over. And then the Avengers had a reboot. You know, they just really kicked it in the ass. And wow. uh, Fantastic Four was no longer the number one or number two. Maybe not even the top five anymore. And now, I bet you wouldn't even consider it top ten. Damn. I don't know. Well, I mean, especially, like, what they've done with the films. I mean, yeah, oh, I didn't really yeah. exactly get popularity back. But, yeah, no, the thing for me was my absolute favorite character. I remember watching the animated series in 94. And, of course, the, what was so appealing about the Fantastic Four was that it's Marvel's first family. Like, yeah. it's actually, you know, very family-oriented. But the movies were just a bunch of dumb inside jokes. Yeah, I mean, and I read the <laughs> comics, and the comics are very, very heady. They're very smart, they're very cosmic, and I feel like it was never touching that at all in the movies. But the cartoons always get it right, it seems. Well, especially the 94, I thought it was like really good. But Oh god, yes, they did. This version is fucking stupid. I don't understand what it's they were Han- thinking. It's a young mm-hmm. Ben Grimm who has never... It's Han- Go ahead. It's Hanna-Barbera. Oh, it is Hanna-Barbera Productions, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy! And then, then they take away the fact that he was ever hit with cosmic rays. That he's part of the team. That he has a ring. They'll turn him into the thing, which brings boulders out of fucking I don't know where. Where is he finding all the randomly shaped orange boulders? Come on! And they just gel around him. Is that what's going on? There's glue to him. They hit him in the it, eye. What they hit him in the nuts? Oh my thing! It got smashed. <laughs> actually, actually, the, the ring turns him into some little kid, and he is normally the thing. Oh, but that's, I caught like that backwards. Big... Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's still absurd. I'm like, wait, why is he a kid? Yeah, okay. But then he's Hanna Barbera, and of course you have you know your spoiled little rich kid, part of the entourage, and you have the two that are like supportive of Ben, making him feel accepted and all that. Right. Where the hell are Reed, Sue, and Johnny? Yep. <laughs> well, it's the curse of all those Hanna Barbera cartoons of the '70s, where they had to build a group of misfits, and they always seem like solving a mystery, some wacky adventure. Yeah. Yes. We've had enough. We already got. We already got We already got Scooby Doo. Right. Not having a goddamn adventure. Yeah. In in, in in no big adventures. They're real low rent. They're just taking on like local gangsters. They're not taking anything cosmic. There's no point where he's ever gonna fill up. You know, face off with the masters of evil. It just. It's just such a stupid waste of time. And the animation is so obvious too because the orange that's on his mouth is not the orange that's the rest of his face, and that's the only part that's moving because they wanted to save money. <laughs> I, ca- I caught that too. I'm like, God, what the hell? Why did they do that with a different color? Yeah, they a uh, different shade. They um, what was it? it was Fred and Barney meet the thing, which they never actually meet, which is stupid. And then the next year, they decided to make the Fred Flintstone Comedy Hour, I believe. And then they moved the thing over to the thing and the Schmoo show, which Schmoo, I believe, is from Herculoids. It's just God damn it, Hanna Barbera, you fucked up in the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, they did. I'm pretty sure, like, the thing right now, as he comes back home to Disney and Marvel, is like, you know what? I see this interpretation. I forget it ever happened. Just like Vanilla Ice back in the day. <laughs> it never happened. It's Don't talk about time. it. <laughs> or it's clobbering time. Exactly. There's a, oh, there's, I, a, there's a run of the Fantastic Four where he was a... He left because <gasps> he was so popular. He left the Fantastic Four for a couple years. 
It was after yeah. Secret Wars, and he didn't come back with them because he said, up here, I'm normal because everybody else is like me. They're all monsters. On Earth, I'm a freak show. Oh. So he stays on this alien oh. planet, and he does that for like uh, like 16 issues. Then he comes back to Earth and becomes a wrestler, a professional wrestler where all the other wrestlers are super-powered. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. And then She-Hawk had taken over for him for a couple of years, and... Uh, and then she went to the Avengers. He went back to the Fantastic Four, and then almost got married to Miss Marvel, who was also a wrestler, not the Miss Marvel that we all know. And then she got hit ah. by a radiation thing, and she turned into a she thing. And then he turned into not only the thing, but a double thing. Like he was super extra crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, That's and then, absolutely I'm going to hit you with something else. He. Gets changed back to normal while she stays the thing. So in order to keep her from being insecure, <laughs> Reed Richards built him a costume of the thing, which is like a like a suit of armor kind of. It's um, an exoskeleton. So he still fights almost ah. as strong as his normal self, but he can just take his costume off and be human. And he gets so upset that Miss Marvel wants to leave him that he purposely irradiates himself. Jesus, this is so stupid. He radiates oh, himself yeah. and becomes the thing again. Oh my god. Well, all I can say is I'm glad as far as the filming rights, you know, have gone back to Marvel and eventually they'll set up and do something right. I would, I'm wondering if they were gonna I wonder if Disney's just gonna go around buying up all the other studios that have their properties. Okay, Sony, come on over. Oh, oh Lionsgate, you have all those Punisher films and want those back. Oh. <laughs> New Line Cinema, you have the Blade movies, you're ours too. It's just like Pac-Man. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. But Warner Brothers owns uh New Line Cinema, but those rights did go back to Marvel. That's why they're able to do a Blade movie. Yeah, but they still own the video rights, and uh, Disney seems to want to suck uh, up all the video rights. So, um, where are we at? What's the last thing? Um, the last thing. Oh, it is DC actually, and it's Plastic Man. Plastic Man. The Plastic Man's a weird one because it took me forever to find any fucking episodes. I don't know why I can't find them on the DC app. I can't find a bootleg. Um, we scoured, you know, around on YouTube, and I think I found an episode on daily motion if i remember correctly i mean there's clips yeah. on youtube but it's only the live action clips for some dumbass reason in like the intro that's weird that is absolutely absurd but i mean plastic man i mean as a kid growing up and learning what i did know of him i thought he was like kind of funny and obscure and kind of like a again the uh dc counterpart of mr fantastic but Absolutely not. They're completely different characters. Well, he also wasn't originally from DC. He was originally from Quality Comics, like the way that Shazam was with Fawcett, and they just DC uh, yes. bought him when they went out of business. Ah, okay. But the things I have seen in uh, uh, Plastic Man, like in Brave and the Bold, and um, well, he's some of the yeah, old, Justice uh, League. Yeah, and some of the Justice League uh, comics that you sent me, I'm like, okay, this guy definitely needs some kind of treatment. Uh, really good treatment from DC. Yeah, and he disappeared for a long time. Like um, like Spider-Woman, he fell out of favor in the 80s and just disappeared. And uh, it wasn't until 96 when Grant Morrison, I'm pretty sure it's Grant Morrison, restarted the JLA. 
under the name JLA instead of Justice League, and he had a Plastic right. Man too because everybody was dead serious. And he was like, Plastic Man can be the levity, but he also has really incredible powers that people have not explored. And he was the heart of that team for many years. Oh, no, indeed. He was he was a huge heart. So, like, I think in one iteration when he died, it really affected him big time. But, hey, he went out fighting. He went out making the big play and sacrificing himself. Hold on. He's we dead? Did I miss this? Why is he, when did he die? I was pretty sure he died. I don't know. I Like I said... Well, everybody know. dies. Who are we kidding? Everybody dies in comic books and they come back eventually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at look at uh, Blackest Night, Green Lantern. <laughs> That's true. Um, this, uh, oddly, more popular than I would have thought because it was only one season by itself and then it got teamed up in a comedy hour and then it got syndicated and it was on for... Like, until 1984. So it started in 79 and kept going in syndication for years. Mm. Years. But it's not I just... To... It's not just Plastic Man. It's one of these things where it's presents... Uh-huh. You know, you saw the, the live-action pieces, right? Where a guy in a uh, crazy suit as Plastic Man would go, Hey, here's the next segment of Plastic Man, and after that it'll be Fang Face. And then, you know, other cartoons around that. Yeah, no, I... Don't think I, I don't think I noticed that. Oh, God. You got there's clips of it. I'll send you one. There's clips of it on YouTube where a guy is in a, a Plastic Man costume. It's live action. He's in a ship. The special effects from 1980 were actually quite impressive for TV. Saturday morning TV. Uh, Ruby Spears left Hanna-Barbera in the 70s. And this is one of their very first productions. Uh, I, I think it's fairly well done. But again, I don't know his catalog of villains very well. So it's hard for me to really get into it. But uh, it was unique compared to a lot of these other superhero shows that fucked it up real, real hard. Damn. You know, okay, so real quick, back to that uh, Plastic Man. Yeah. Uh, death, I I'm, I think it might have happened during 52, like after Infinity Crisis, I think. Oh, okay. Because I remember, I, know, I'm, I, I keep, might be wrong. Metamorpho died around the same time, and I keep thinking his death was, I'm starting to think about it now, that he melted, right? Or he disintegrated into something, someone... Changed his molecules so he's no longer plastic man. He just like melted away. Am I wrong? That's I right? believe so. I think that's what happened. Okay. It's been so long. But the same <laughs> thing happened to Metamorpho. Basically, so I'm trying to. It's hard for me to remember. Uh, plastic Man was combined with other tiny cartoons. Uh, when I say tiny, like you know, ten minute, fifteen minute segments. Uh, Mighty Man and Yuck, Fang Face and Fang Puss about a little boy who could turn into a werewolf and his cousin. And then Rickety Rocket, uh, I've never seen Rickety Rocket, I've never seen Mighty Man, I, I could give a shit less. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, uh, Plastic Man did have its quality, I mean, he was able to transform into pretty much almost anything. Yeah. And, you know, like a bow or uh, Jackhammer, heck, even uh, Lego Batman 3, Beyond Gotham, like, he's someone you needed to go, like, through the vents, and he would, like, you know, form a hammer or a jackhammer or uh, anything that would uh, pertain to getting, like, a red brick. Right. It's, and again, he's pretty. Like I said, overall, I thought he was pretty enjoyable. He's 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 he, he's a less stuffy Fantastic Four, or uh, Mister Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, he's kind of, well, and then of course there's um, Elongated Man, who was more of a detective. He was kind of funny, but he wasn't the same as uh, Plastic Man. No, not at all. No, Elongated Man. Plus, he is. Uh, I think his powers were temporary through uh, a serum, wasn't it? That's right. Elongated Man could stretch at all times. Right. You know, Plastic Man was, like, 
Oh, you know the DC Nation shorts? Like I watched some of those. I did, yeah, with John K. Yeah, and how he would like actually form into something in the room, and how the gangsters ended up like knocking each other out, and then Plastic Man finally shows up. Is like, oh, okay, they took care of themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but um, again, uh, that one episode that I did watch where they fought this monster called the Weed. I'm like, oh yeah, man, the weed. I love that episode. He would just, he would just, he would just summon this giant monster to eat this town in Italy, and I'm like, what? That's what the weed did. He was like some actual giant weed plant monster. I'm like, are they trying to, you know, use this as a metaphor for marijuana, saying like it's not <laughs> bad and evil? Like, come on. <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, I didn't know that it was more than Plastic Man. Like I said, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. We could only find one clip. It was more than that. It was the Plastic Family, which is all of them together, and then Baby Plastic, which is Plastic Man's oh, wow. son. And Oh, that means... Oh, my God. Do you realize Plastic Man can do anything he wants downstairs? His wife must be very pleased. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think it would be easier to give, for her to give birth. I mean... Stretch. You know, that's what, exactly. That's all she had to do. Just stretch, and it just like just grab it, and come right out. Okay, hey, we're done. What? We're, doctor, right. the doctor's not even here yet. We're done. Good. Let's go. <laughs> it's gonna be it. really hard to cut the umbilical cord, though. Okay, just letting you know now. Oh God, yes, I know. What would they have to use? They have to use something like that. You know, probably like Katana's sword or uh, yeah, like <laughs> Orion's power, <laughs> a cosmic axe, or something like that. Yeah, right. What's what's the villain oh, in the man. Justice League movie with the giant axe? That guy's axe. Wolf, Steppenwolf. Oh, uh, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Yeah. yeah. The uh, so Just in season in season two of Plastic Man, they continued the adventures, but they got rid of the three cartoons I said earlier, and they replaced it with ones that were much more successful: Heathcliff, Dingbat, and yeah. Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, of course, Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, those are much more memorable than the other ones I mentioned. I think Fang Face is the only one I had heard of before this. I saw that on Boomerang. That's how I knew of it. Along with Jabberjaw and a few other classics. Huh. Some of the voice casts. The voice cast on this is much better than the other ones. Uh, We have Alan Young, who is the uh, star of Mr. Ed. Um, Mm -hmm. Fred Travelina. And now, maybe people don't know who Fred Travelina was, but when I was a kid, Fred Travelina was on every single fucking game show. That was in syndication because he could do uh, imitations of almost anybody. Fred Travelina was the shit in the 80s, and I have no idea where he is now. Oh, damn. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer, uh, legendary for being a Master of the Universe, Man at Arms, Don Mezic, Julie McWitter, Chuck McCann. Trying to look. uh, Key Luke. Oh, my God. Key Luke, dude. That's the old man from Gremlins. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Give away the Mugwai. Oh, wow. Damn. Uh, Casey Kasem. Awesome. Uh, Linda Gary, yeah. who I believe was Tila. Uh, Ted oh. Cassidy, which I believe is... What's his face? His dad. Uh, what's his name? David Cassidy's dad. Um, oh, wow. Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In. Dawes Butler. Legendary Dawes Butler. Probably my favorite. Frank Welker. Everybody take a drink. Frank Welker. <laughs> oh, God. Frank Welker. Uh, I'm out. I don't have to drink. <laughs> Peter Cullen. <laughs> Optimus Prime himself. Yes. Uh, Bart yes. Braverman. Bart Braverman's from Vegas, the TV show. Uh, he's got a very strange look. But yeah, that's a pretty decent names, man. Michael Bell. 
who was the voice of Plastic Man and was also in every single cartoon you watched in the 80s. Holy shit. Wait, I swear I know who his daughter is. Ashley Bell is his daughter. I know who that is. Ashley Bell. Oh, wow. She was in The Last Exorcism. Okay, I'm done talking. Sorry, I'm jabber-jawing. That's it, dude. One thing I want to say. Go ahead. (laughs) One more thing I want to say, Michael Bell. Like, seriously, he gave an amazing performance as Raziel in Legacy of Cain. Like, that was, it was, it really did bring life to that character. I I forgot about that game. You mention it, and every time I forget about it, but I believe I had a demo on my Xbox. How old is that game? Is that from, is that PS2 era? PlayStation, PlayStation 1. Oh, wow. Okay, so it was a long time ago. I did play it. I'm hoping Crystal Dynamics brings it back. That's for sure. I mean, they've done remakes and reboots of, like, other old uh, franchises and mascots. I'm like, come on, please. Do the right thing and give yeah. us another Legacy of Kane. The one, the one game... And... There's a game that I absolutely adored from that early PlayStation era, which was heavily cartoon style. And it had a big, boisterous character. My name is Blasto, voiced by Phil Hartman, which... If they're gonna do it, just clean up the animation, make it look and oh uh, you know God, you're right. keep the voice, keep the plane, because you cannot replace Phil Hartman. I mean they did it on Futurama, but that was only one episode. Blasto was so much fucking fun. Yeah. Hell, even uh Zap Brannigan was supposed to be uh, he was based on Phil Hartman. Yeah. And they were hoping he was gonna voice him sadly that time. I feel like he did voice what? him in the pilot and then they had to move on. I can't remember. Mm. Zap Brannigan. Damn it, Brannigan! Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. So here it is. We're at the end of the road. So we've come to the end of the road. Of the road. <laughs> well, no, wait. Sad going away theme, uh, theme song from the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the road as we know it. And I, feel, I can only sing as like a Vegas lounge singer. That's why I, I feel fine. <laughs> um, okay, everybody, that's it. Thank you. It's it's we started in 2014 with Ghostbusters, and uh, here we are. What about 160 issue uh, episodes? I think we've done over that time. Wow, we've done many episodes, and honestly, it is some of the most fun I have had. Yeah, and it's not, like I said, we're not done. Movies. We're not done discussing animation, people. Don't freak out. It's just easier for me to consolidate everything into, instead of five or six shows, into either Video Night or Hit Rewind. That's it. Those two. So if you love... If you like underground, underrated, kind of forgotten B-movies and stuff like that, that's Video Night. Everything else is going to be Hit Rewind, and Jacob's going to be there. So you won't miss him. I'll have other guests from my other shows filling in to help out with some of the stuff that he can't cover because I can't have you do everything because you'll be exhausted. You'll be doing an episode every week. Um, do you remember when we used to do that? We used to record every single week. Oh, my God, we did. You weren't working. Um, and, and then I, for a while, I wasn't working. And then we had money because I was getting – well, I had money because I was getting paid to do the podcast for a few months. And we were recording, yeah. we were recording sometimes two or three episodes a week. And we just hammered away and hammered away. Remember that one day that we recorded three episodes at once at your house? And then I accidentally fucking erased it and we had recorded on the road. Uh, that's right, the Transformers one. Uh, Transformers, uh, it was uh, Mega, Mega Man, Man, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. That's what it was, yeah. But we fixed it, we remedied it. We did, it didn't sound as good because I was trying to figure out how to make this sound better. I was recording off my computer into a little... Shit, I think I literally had my phone on speaker. 
and it was recording off of that. It didn't sound good. Very peculiar. Yeah, so that's it. Uh, so uh, we're we're gonna do a special, I think, before we do one. The official launch of Hit Rewind is going to be March. So you're probably hearing this now at the end of February, but we're gonna fit in one special episode as a bridge. Uh, we did the All Things Ghostbusters, and I want to do the All Things Masters of the Universe before we launch. And you oh. and I, we've discussed the movie, we've discussed the original series, but we have never discussed the 1989 relaunch where it was more cosmic, or the yes. 2003 reboot. Yeah, we definitely never did discuss those. I remember the 89 one, I used to have action figures of that. And then the 2003 one, I ended up watching almost religiously. And speaking of, I... Did you die? Are you okay, Jacob? Oh, oh seriously, I thought he was kidding. I thought he was halting there, but this is awkward. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> the show couldn't go off of that hitch. Seriously, I just wanted to let you know that right now. Jacob, speak to me, boy. Speak to me. Yeah, I know the. <laughs> yeah, the uh, internet on my uh, laptop uh, kind of just like cut out for a minute. Oh, okay. Second. I'm like, what the hell happened? I, I told, I just told the audience, like, oh, we couldn't go an episode without one little hitch. <laughs> There's no way we could end this series without some sort of ah shit. <laughs> We're recording right now, Jake. I just want to let you know. <laughs> So okay. uh, I think you were going to say that there's going to be the relaunch series on Netflix. In fact, I heard there's going to be two series for Netflix. Yes, one of them is actually going to be uh, overseen by Kevin Smith. Oh my god, I'm looking forward to that. I'm so looking forward to that. Badly. And the other one should be and, uh, looked over by uh, overseen by uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yes, and Frank Langella. <laughs> yes, he should, he should be again. If uh, this live wait, did you mention that the live action one uh, is? Getting back on track. Oh, well, let's discuss that on the next episode, Jacob. Where we discuss all things Masters of the Universe. You got it. Let's okay. save oh, it said, for the well, kids. Dolph Lundgren needs to be King Randor. Nice. All right, everybody. Uh, I would say check us out on Facebook, but that's kind of pointless, right? By this point, go go find our page. Hit Rewind Podcast. That's where we'll be. Exactly. All right, everybody. Jacob, set us out one last time, buddy. Namaste. Good luck, my friends. And be excellent to each other.